Shalom to the online Nechamuami family. This is Rabbi Damien. The next several weeks' teachings will be speaking to some significant changes coming to Nechamuami. Even if you're not in the seats, to me, you're part of the family. And it's important then for me to share with you what is coming, why, and hopefully to have you be as excited as we are. Because Hashem is doing a great thing and we, no matter where we reside, are blessed to be a part of it all. With His help, big things are ahead. You're invited. We'd love to have your support and enjoy the teaching. The Human Condition How many people have ever experienced the feeling when something incredibly great happens in your life? You're overjoyed, you're ecstatic, and almost instantly that is replaced by a fear that something bad is going to happen, that the other shoe will drop. You're excited, you're, you're getting engaged, you got a promotion, you're going on a big trip, who knows, you're pregnant, whatever the thing is, and you're excited, excited, and five seconds later it's replaced by fear that says, don't get excited, something bad's going to happen. How many have kids? Most. You remember bringing home that little baby? And, and looking, or they're always babies. They'll always be babies. But you look at your child and you say, oh my goodness, and I'm borrowing this from a, from a PhD named Brene Brown who talks about leadership. And you look at this baby and you say, I can't believe how much I love this child. And instantly it's replaced by something's gonna happen to him or her. How many? Don't raise your hand. I know the answer. 90% of the people in this room have experienced these things that I'm talking about. Why? Why is it so hard for us to default to happy? Why is it so hard for us to default to positivity? Why does the negative so quickly push out positive thoughts? Well, it turns out, according to a recent book I read called Positivity Bias by a rabbi named Mendel Kalmanson, the book is about the Chabad Rebbe and his unmatched ability to create optimism where only pessimism should exist. It turns out, according to this book and to much research and to some conversations, even with Irvin, our illustrious homegrown PhD in psychology, we're wired this way, that's why. We're wired this way, and that means this. He asked the question, why do painful experiences take up so much memory in our brains? And why are they, the negative things, so easy to recall, while the positive ones, they, they just, they just, they're not defining us the same way that our pleasurable experiences do? And science has a term for this. It's called the negativity bias which basically encodes more negative experiences to have greater effect on our psychological state and behavior than equally intense positive experiences. Now the reaction or the reason why is fascinating. The reason why we do that is because we have specialized brain circuits and neuroscience has shown this, that these, brains, th these brain circuits encode negative experiences immediately in our emotional memory 
so that we can have instant recall. The positive things that we experience in life kind of have a flow through nature. We experience it and it passes. And the negativity bias, you see, helps us stay alive. Good is nice. Bad can kill you. You need to remember the things that happen to you that you want to avoid in the future. And therefore, your brain, your pre-wired brain, thinks like this. And every pessimist in this room right now just looked at their spouse and went, told you. I told you. But before you gloat, before you get too happy, there's a side effect. Because of our wiring this way, guess what happens? We lose the joy of experiencing the positive in our life. We, 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 we stop paying attention the way we should, and a compliment can be so easily forgotten. A harsh or negative word takes up residence and stays there sometimes forever. You could, have a, a, you could have a day at work where 10 amazing things happen and on the way out the door, somebody makes a negative comment to you and the poor unsuspecting soul who asks you, how was your day? <laughs> the obvious problem is that our positive experiences are hard to hold on to. And learning to do that is actually somewhat contrary to your human physiology. Now, this is an incredibly uplifting teaching so far. It gets worse. We want to talk about building the kingdom of God. We want to talk about being a light, a positive influence out there. Are you seeing the out there that I'm seeing? Are you seeing what's going on in the world? It's a pessimist's paradise. We've got, we, we, we've got politics and parties, backbiting, infighting. Well, forget it. That's always been. Ever since politics existed, that has been. But I'm talking about division, Hatred between people. Men, women, blacks, whites, gay, straight, dog, cat. I mean, it's a massively divided world everywhere. Crime, climate, Trump haters, Trump lovers, and oh my goodness, the nuns. The seemingly inevitable decline of religion that's going to destroy the world, right? Total degradation of all things religious. Secularism, syncretism, cynicism, narcissism, selfies, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, the end of human interaction is before us. Device dependence, or better phrased, addiction to phones. And speaking of addiction, opiates, meth, Pornography, radicalization, anti-Semitism. Man, to say that the kingdom is not here is an absolute and total understatement. And when I think on these things and I filter this through my negativity bias, oh my gosh, guess what? It looks like we are sunk. 
sunk unless. Unless, in the words of Abram Polyak, if the Bible is true and if Yeshua is the Messiah and the King of Jews, then the Jewish Christian or Messianic Jewish movement is the most important phenomenon of our time. The distinguishing feature indicating that the world has come to a turning point. How many in this room can believe that we're at a turning point? Good, then we have work to do. It's not hopeless. But you know, I am talking to you now about positivity. Optimism versus negativity. And so I would never be so cheesy as to use the glass half full, half empty analogy. I would, but the reason is it's wrong. It's a flawed example. It's a flawed example. And here's the reason. The glass half full of water is totally full. It's totally full. The problem, as is often the problem, is one of perspective. I read your lips, Ralph. You're correct. There is something of value, more value in the, in the, in the half-full water glass, more valuable than what we can see. It is the air. Here's the deal. I will trade you my water for your air. Good deal, huh? Guess what? I get my water back because you can live a lot longer without water than you can without air. Air is wonderful. Here's the challenge. This is the same way that this world looks to us now. There is an invisible reality of this kingdom And so it is. There's life in that glass and water in the visible reality of the water, but even more so in the air that is unseen. Oh, but air is everywhere. Give me a break. Yeah, it is. And we take it totally for granted. You don't even think about it. It's an expectation. We have, or at least are supposed to have, A pretty dramatic hope in the future, aren't we? There's this guy named Yeshua. He did some things that laid out for us a pretty good plan for what the future looks like. We're supposed to be optimistic, and it doesn't matter what the world looks like right now. It doesn't actually matter for this job that our brains are potentially pre-programmed for negativity. Do you know why? Yeshua said, you are the sons of and daughters, he didn't say that, but he meant it, of the kingdom. He said this, Matthew 13, he answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, the field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. That's you. You're the good seed. You have an amazingly important job to do. Good seed sown for a purpose. And here's the thing about Yeshua. He knew your propensity for pessimism. He knew how hard the job actually was going to be. And yet, Lexi, he gave it to you anyway. Because he believes in you and the ability to do the work of the kingdom. 
ambassadors of the kingdom, and that comes with some responsibilities. And if we look like the rest of the world and pessimistic and negative, if we're always complaining and joining in the conversations about how miserable the world is and how depressing things are, what good are we as ambassadors of the kingdom? You see, Judaism doesn't just call them words. They're devarim. They're things. They have real value. That's the word in Hebrew for word, devar, a thing, because words have power for blessing, for curse, for life, for death, for positive, for negative. They have power. And thus, as an ambassador, a son or daughter of the kingdom, you must think wisely about the words that you use and the attitudes. Matthew, thir- Matthew 12, Yeshua says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now listen to this. Listen to, let me borrow that phrase and say this to us in terms of our ambassadorship, of our representation. I'm not calling you brood of vipers, but I'm going to say this. How can you speak good things, uplifting things, kingdom things when you are negative? For out of the abundance of your heart flows the mouth's words. We are something called a prolepsis. You know what a prolepsis is? A prolepsis is the representation of a thing as existing before it did. What that means is you, we, we are supposed to be representing the promises that God has made through Yeshua for a millennial age leading to an eternally blessed hope. That's what we're supposed to do. And how we speak and represent and encourage and inspire others regarding that hope, that is our task. It's your task when you wake up in the morning till you go to sleep. And did you know that positivity can even influence the way you dream so that you wake up happier? Great. Real good. Nice little rah-rah, fluff-fluff message about positive. Damien, the world stinks. It is a total downer. I get it. But that's water in the glass. That's the visible. That's what you can see. Be, it's no easy task to do what I'm saying, to reorient yourself, to live and, and, and look for the invisible and to promote it, to cause heads to turn and ears to perk. When you're in the room, when you're speaking, when you're saying something, people are inspired. Remember on the road to Emmaus, that when Yeshua was done talking, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us when he finished talking? How many have ever experienced this burning, not Zantac heartburn? I'm talking about the kind of heartburn where you share some truth or someone shares something with you and there's this connection and lights go on and aha and you walk away saying, "Ah, that was wonderful. And so do they because their heart's burning because of what you shared. That's a good feeling, and that's what we should do. And so here's what we do. We practice practice kingdom optimism. Kingdom optimism. As sons and daughters of the kingdom, we should be optimistic for the very thing we are sons and daughters of, yes? First one, and this is something that everyone likes. This will be easy for you. Practical kingdom optimism. Focus on yourself. Everyone likes to do that right? Focus on 
you because you're the only one that you can actually change. And yes, this is a little psychological, but this is the truth. We can take a lesson from the last Chabad Rebbe, Menachem Mendel Schneerson, who said this, I worked on myself to look at things in a positive light. Otherwise, I could not have survived. Wow, that's dramatic. I thought you said pessimism was okay. Now, pessimism is natural. It's not okay. I worked on myself to look at things in a positive light. Otherwise, I could not have survived. This is from a guy who transformed literally transform the world. World leaders, Ronald Reagan, to, to, to so many different people are impacted by this guy, by his positivity, but do you know anything about his life? What he lived through and made a statement like that? Waves of pogroms, typhus epidemic, refugee crisis, World War I, the Bolshevik Revolution, the rise of communism, forced exile of his father, World War II, the Holocaust. He never had his own children, ever, not one, and spent years talking to, and I can understand this and relate to it, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of people about their problems, giving them hope for the future, giving them even sometimes a reason to live. Man, that's depressing. I worked on myself to look at things in a positive light, otherwise I could not have survived. That's true. Here's a very small example that might seem minuscule. In Hebrew, anyone know what Beit Cholim means? The doctors in the room, Beit Cholim is the name for a hospital. It literally means the house of the sick, the Beit Cholim. This Rebbe, Schneerson, would never ever call a hospital a Beit Cholim. You know what he called it? Beit Refua. A Beit Refua, a house of healing. Because as I told you, words have meaning. And his question was, why? Would we label something where we want healing to take place? Why would we label that with something negative? The house of the sick, that's depressing. House of healing, the Beit Refuah. And nothing was ever bad, nothing was ever evil in his mind. You know what evil, how he described evil? The opposite of good. Someone is unhealthy, they are the opposite of healthy. That is semantics, Damien. Actually, it's not. You know why? You are what you repeat. You are what you repeat. And we say things like, oh, this whole world hell in a handbasket. It's the, it's, forget about it, man. It's gone. We, we law, and I've said it myself up here, and I'm sure everyone in this room is a, is a hopeless optimist. That's, wait, that's an oxymoron. <laughs> eternal, eternal optimist. But I, you know, I've said it myself from here. We've lost this battle. This is done. It's not easy, I said. But there is never any more clarity for Paul's words in Romans 12 too than what I'm telling you today. When he talks about, do not conform to the pattern of this world, parentheses added by Damien, or your own negative pre-wiring neurologically. But be transformed by the, everyone knows it, 
renewing of your mind. Paul Irvin was a psychologist, it turns out. No, I don't know that. Well, those are, those are cute little things, you know, cute little things. Well, they're not. They're part of the practical application of becoming someone different, someone better. The Tzemach Tzadik, who was a, another earlier Chabad uh, leader, said this, and it was one of the Rebbe's favorite quotes, think good and it will be good. Well, no, it won't. Yes, it will. I promise you, think good and it will be good. I stink at that, but I'm working on it. And here are some easy little simple takeaways. You ready? To start Operation Optimism. And no, this is not a, this is not a counseling session. You're not laying down on a couch and paying me by the hour. But these are real things. Number one, did you know that just by taking a few minutes, a pen and a piece of paper, writing down a few good things that happened in your life that day or something that you are grateful for, writing them down, the process of taking them from thought to hand to paper. We hear about journaling all the time. I hate journaling, but the thing is, it's true. Every day, five minutes, just writing some good things down will transform you. You want to know the, another thing? I just need to vent. Kelly, sit down there. Let me vent on you. It's not good. <laughs> Venting is not good for you or the one who is being vented upon. It does not help. Well, what do you want me to do? I need to vent. I want you to dig in and find something positive to share instead. You are what you repeat. You understand? Those are, those, are, those are little tiny things that cause a transformation of the mind. And I was listening yesterday to this crazy idea that when we do these things, and literally when you are what you repeat, you can rewire circuits in your brain to do things differently. You can transform your mind that's absolutely incredible that God gave us that power. Why would we waste that? Why would we not use that for our good, for our loved one's good, for a lost world's good, right? It's incredible. So it's easy. We have gratitude and we have hope. Hope has sustained the Jewish people for, from the beginning. Hope that God would do and be what he said he was even when it doesn't look like he is. It's in the prayers, it's in the festivals, it's in everything, a hope for the coming future. It has sustained a people who have endured unbelievable hardship through history. Gratitude and hope. We wake up in the morning saying, I know all of you say that. Probably faster than that. I graciously thank you, living and eternal King, for restoring my soul within me. How abundant is your faithfulness. When your eyes open, here's what could happen. Or I'm telling you, it sounds, it sounds kind of wacky, psyche, psycho stuff. It's real. It's real. That's how you do it. 
It's a little, it's a little rewiring. Part two, practical, kingdom, optimism. Part two, you ready? This one's real difficult. Can we just be nice? Can we just try to be nice to each other? Well, Damien, I can't be nice. This person's a sinner. If I'm nice to them, they'll, you know, they're going to keep on. You know, I mean, that is the problem right there. Their problems are less than your own. You can be nice to people who are different than you, who think differently than you. You can, you can find a way to be positive, optimistic, encouraging. All nice words and nice goes a long way. Here's, here's, a, little, here's a little secret. As you're interacting with people in the real world, I want you to expect something that might happen. Tony, you might encounter some people who are not perfect. You might run into some imperfection out there when you're having and building real relationships with other people. And here's a real devastating one. You might find along the way that you also are not perfect. And I know, just, it's a possibility, be prepared. Goodness sakes, can we just be nice? Judge every man favorably. Shammai, who was not necessarily known as the nicest of characters, Shammai and Hillel, what did he hit him with? Uh, like a, a cane of some sort. Somebody asked him how, you know, about learning all the commandments and Shammai smacked him with a, a stick. He wasn't the nicest. That's, his reputation was a little strong, but he said this in Pirkei Avot. Make your Torah study a permanent fixture of your life. Say little and do much. Mm, mark that one down. And receive every man with a pleasant countenance. And the Rebbe, the Chabad Rebbe, great example, modern example. But what about our Rebbe? What about our teacher? What about our master, Yeshua? What does he have to say? Well, first off, you want to talk about a guy who had a reason to be negative and pessimistic. From, Yeshua was a prophet. He saw it all. He knew what was coming. He knew that there was this big Roman piece of wood that he was going to die and bleed on. He knew that the temple was going to be destroyed. He knew that Jews and Israel were going to be destroyed and sacked. He knew Roman occupation, crusades, holocaust. He saw it and he knew it. Is that a reason to be op negative? Yeah, it is. But what was his message? Kingdom, 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 kingdom. It's going to get better. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. The kingdom must come out. And here's an interesting scripture from Luke 17, 20. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God, ESV says, is in the midst of you. That's okay, but it's not great. You know what it really should say? The kingdom of God is within you. Which means when I talk to you about being a prolepsis, a picture of something that is, that is but is not yet, you are a little piece of the kingdom walking around. You are a little pick, a little piece of the kingdom because it is within you. Messiah Yeshua said it. I didn't make it up. And 
within your souls and how will they know? I think that's part of the reason we come to services is because we wanna leave inspired. God willing, we will today and every day. But it won't take long to become uninspired out there unless we are what we repeat. Well, I'm worried, Damien. I'm just worried. I mean, I look around at the world. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I have anxiety. I was at the gym. It was six something in the morning. This car pulls up. Lady, like, it's kind of like the door just creaks open, passenger, driver's door. And this lady, like, stumbles out of the car. Looks like she'd rather be dead than at the gym and probably would at 6 a.m. rather be dead than at the gym. But she's kind of just doing this. And she's miserable, utterly miserable. And then she opens the back door. And uh, no, she didn't open the door. The back door flings open. And out comes this little kid in his jammies with one sock on. His hair is all bedheaded. She's like this. And he's going, <laughs> woo, woo. Just, you know, just flying and singing and just so incredibly happy. And I was like the mom. Miserable, but I'm watching this kid and I'm thinking, man, he is optimistic. <laughs> he is going into the babysitting area at the gym. Maybe they have a new toy. Maybe there's a new friend there. I don't know. The sky's blue and I've got these cool jammies and life is good. I thought, man, shouldn't we be a little bit more like this kid. Well, Damien, give me a break. He's a kid. He has no responsibilities. Here's what Jesus said. I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. I could stop there. About what you eat, about your body, what you put on, life's more than food. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of your life? And then, if then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? You are what you repeat. Shouldn't we be excited about the fact that we have a promise like that to hold on to? Well, I know, but that's not the way I think. I know, I just spent the first 20 minutes talking to you about the way you think. I know how you think, so do I. Negativity bias, I get it. Instead, seek his kingdom, he says in Luke 12, 27. For the pagan world runs after things and your father knows that you need them. Luke 12, 31, instead seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. When you look into the world, do you see a wasteland or a wonderland? That little boy saw a wonderland. Most of us see a wasteland. Well, that's pretty one-sided and dramatic. I just, I just see it. I encounter it. I live it. And the world does look like a mess, and here's the reason why. It's supposed to. It's the world. That's what the Bible says. 
Many false prophets arise, lead many astray because lawlessness will be increased. That's happening. The love of many will grow cold. That's happening. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. That will happen. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations that is happening. And then the end will come. That's your job. That is your job. And Yeshua's job is this. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. That can happen. In this world, you will have tribulation. That is happening. But take heart. I've overcome the world. I told you it's not easy. Some people are great at it. The hopeless optimist. No. The eternal optimist. Great at it. I'm sure none of you are like me. I'm not so good at it. But I love this word of wisdom from the Buffalo Bills. Oh, no. New England Patriots, yeah, they've won a lot of Super Bowls. Bill Belichick, he was being interviewed. I said, Coach, you've accomplished so much. What is your top priority? What is at the top of the priority list? You know what he said? I'd like to go out today and have a good practice. That's at the top of the list right now. Today, little by little, Bit by bit, today, just make today better. Don't sit out there and listen and say, I got to rewire my whole brain. I'm not into all that. I can't, I can't, I can't. Today, hayom. Zehayom nasah Hashem nagilah. This is the day the Lord has made for the transforming of your mind. Yes? How do we flip the switch? How do we do it? Well, I'm not going to tell you that. Make it happen. Now, I'm not really giving you nuts and bolts. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking not so much about the, 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 the why, but in what manner, okay? In what manner? Here's a little secret. I take some time to put these things together. I, I, I would like it if Friday night I could go to sleep and wake up ready to come in here and talk like I do, but it doesn't work that way, so I take some time, sometimes a long time and a lot of time to, to, uh, hours to put things together. But this has been particularly difficult for me because this was part of, this was a lecture that I gave at, part, at the recent conference at the First Roots of Zion thing, so I knew that this was going to come for a month or more, and I was getting ready, and I struggled through almost every new concept I put down. Do you know why? I am a hardcore pessimist. Good thing Kelly's not in here. She would have stood up, screamed hallelujah, and run around the room. (laughs) It's hard for me. And this has been a challenge to think about this. And you know what? This has asked me to take assessment of, of how. You know, how is the kingdom in B being represented? And I'm not talking about up here with a guitar or with a microphone. This is easy. I could fake this all day if I had to. I'm not, but I could. Because so many people are up in these positions just putting on, it's their job. They're just, they're doing a show. And I'll be honest, sometimes there are days when I feel like I have to do that too, but not now. 
But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the real things. What, how am I living this out in the conversations with my parents, with my children, with my wife, with the waiter or waitress, with the person at the post office, even the people I don't like very much, and yes, there are some of them. How am I representing this? Am I winning the battle over pessimism? And I can tell you with honesty, awareness does change it. You become aware of the way you are and the person you are. And then you recognize the things that you don't want to be and you change those things. And this is, this is it. You want me to tell you something to do? You want me to give you the nuts and bolts? You want me to give you an action statement out of here? Okay. Have those types of conversations with yourself. And if you're really, really brave, have some assessment conversations about you with your spouse or your best friend or someone. How am I doing? And then be ready because you're going to need to put on a positive attitude when they begin to be honest with you. In what manner will we bring the kingdom? It's in you. He put it there. Bring it out. That's pretty simple. Not really. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to move past the nuns. I'm not going to talk about the nuns anymore. I'm not going to talk about the decline of religion. I'm not going to talk about those things. We're going to move past the negatives. We're going to move past those things. And we're beginning to focus on the upward trajectory. Pollyanna? No, just changing our perspective. We cannot ignore those things. They are real, and, and they're like the water in our glass. We have to be aware of them, and we have to take assessment of them. And, and, and all of those people and all of those things are worthy of awareness and consideration. They're a necessary part of our task, but let's shift our focus from the problems, and yes, maybe let's get ourselves a pair of rose-colored glasses. That has a horribly negative connotation. But it's okay. At times you just need to put them on. You need to just put them on and see things differently. And instead that will switch you to an expectation of what is coming. We know the problems. We're really good at focusing on those, right? We're wired that way. Let's change that around. And the kingdom is coming it is a breath of fresh air. It is in the glass. It's the air that's overflowing out of that glass even though we can't see it. It's a reality. It will be here. Let's work to make hearts burn inside of people. We, you and me. Let's do that. We need to be something different than the rest of the world to truly represent that. The kingdom when it comes will elevate the human condition. We can start now. Right here, right here, and right here, we can elevate the human condition. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. My friends, it's time to grab your shades because the future is very bright. Let's act that way. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.
We're building the kingdom and thankful that you're a part of that mission. If this teaching inspired you, please consider a financial gift to support the work of Shalom Macon. Visit MaconMessianic.com and click Give Online. May the Lord bless and keep you.